test. Test, test. I'll get you just to have a bit of a chat. Test. Test, test. <laughs> Don't steal my material. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, we are here in Noosa, in Mel's hometown. And um, you've been living in Noosa now for how many years? Um, I think it's around four. Okay, yeah. I don't exactly know around that. That's all right. We'll uh, we'll edit it and we'll find it out we'll later. We'll find it out and we'll put yep. in the right number. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that thing where it goes, I've been in Noosa for five years. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, well, why not? I actually just, on my iPhone, I just found out that you can change the voice of Siri. Oh, do, really? Do you know what Siri is? Yes, I know what Siri is, <laughs> but my phone never understands me and neither does my car. So Re- Your d- car? The Bluetooth. Oh, yeah, yeah. I try to ring Jared and um, and it's like ringing Harold. I'm like, who's Harold? I said Jared. <laughs> and then you get into it like a slanging match with the car? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ring mum. Ringing Mary. What? No. <laughs> and then it's worse when they, it doesn't hang up again and you're trying so yeah, yeah. hard to hang up and you're like, no, <laughs> and then they start hearing you singing <laughs> to your music. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the reason I bought it, oh no, hang on. So yeah, I could change the voice of Siri. So now it's not an Australian female. I've chosen a male Englishman. And but then do you have to speak English? Well, do I not speak English very well? No, like an English yeah. accent. <laughs> Top of the morning. No, that's not. Is that English? No, would that be Irish? Top of the morning. Top of the morning? I don't know. Now she's talking gibberish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you'll find that in our podcast, the majority of it is gibberish. Yes. Yes. I brought up with you the whole sort of Syrian technology thing is because before we actually hit go on the podcast... I actually said to you, oh, I'm sure you've done podcasts before. This is how it works. And you sat there shaking your head. Yes, I'm very bad with technology. <laughs> I don't – I've seen your podcast just because I go to your website, but I have no idea what all the other podcasts are. And somebody asked me just the other day, can you vote for me because I want to start up this podcast? I was like, what is this all about? What are, These podcasts are really taking off. <laughs> but, yeah, I try to limit my computer time. So, yeah, I need to get a bit up to date. Well, so when we launched the Wits Up podcast, I hadn't really listened to many podcasts either. Like I'd listened to a few to get a bit of an idea of what I wanted to do, but I really wasn't into it. But now I am a lot because I try and minimise my computer time in terms of looking at the computer all the time. And then a podcast, you don't That's need to a good look, idea. you can just <laughs> turn it on. So, but yeah, the podcasts that I listen to are a little bit left field. Yeah. Well, I've heard uh, like all different ones and like I I rode with Pete for seven hours this morning and he's always talking about podcasts, listening to them, writing and running and everything and just about everything. And I was, I always thought, how do you have enough time to listen to this? But I guess if you're listening while you're training, exactly, a lot of time. Absolutely. I listen to them going to sleep as well, which is probably not the best idea because one of the podcasts I listen to is one called My Favourite Murder. <laughs> <laughs> It's not not ideal before you drift off to Just a few sleep. nice dreams after it. Yes, but it's a, it's a I love it because it's two female comedians talking about true crime. So it's they're not glorifying murder or anything. <laughs> but they're talking about the psychology of serial killers and 
It's, it's fascinating. I, yeah, I'm quite obsessed with it. Yeah, and how are your dreams after that? Yeah, yeah not, not so great. <laughs> I need to find like just a, just a pure comedy <laughs> podcast to go to sleep. Yeah, I, I guess it's better than looking at your phone right before you go into bed, flicking through Instagram, you know. Exactly. So. I now have a rule that I pretty much shut down my phone in terms of social media and stuff. Probably about a good hour before I go to sleep and it's changed my sleep patterns for, for the better, for sure. That's the thing. Social media is just taking over. I was writing with Meredith yesterday and we were saying we need to set aside like two 45-minute time blocks to do social media because yeah. she was like, oh, I posted a photo at 10 o'clock last night and then her watch kept beeping because it was synced to it every time somebody oh, liked no. it. And I was just like, what are you doing posting at 10 o'clock? I'm like, oh, hang on, I actually liked that. at 10 o'clock last night so obviously i'm looking at it just before bed as well (laughs) it's so bad it's it's just addictive it's it's totally addictive and then i get stuck in that whole thing of you post a photo and then you're checking it every couple of minutes to see how many likes you've got or how many comments and it's it's just not necessary and you don't want to miss anything like yeah it's crazy I'm certainly learning <laughs> to switch off. But it's an interesting thing because it's part of my job and it's definitely part of your job being a pro athlete as well. And oh, I hate the word balance, but it is definitely trying to find that that balance between it all. That's the thing. Like, yeah, when I was a runner, you, there, obviously there was no social media back then and you just concentrate on training and recovery. But now I find my recovery is making sure I do a post and flicking through everything and hitting like and you know, doing all this social media, like there's no feed up time anymore. Yeah, right. Like, I guess that's feed up time, but instead you're slunched over your computer. Yeah. Like you're not really recovering, you're not stretching. Yeah. So, yeah. And even that, um, the, the mental stress of it all, like it's, it's, it's weird because it's not stressful per se, but it's definitely not just switching off and going into that full relax mode for sure yeah yeah it is it is stressful too though and you don't you get so caught up in it that you know jared can be talking to me and i'm just looking at my phone and i can't even hear him it's like you just zone into it and everything else is yeah you can't hear it (laughs) i remember having a conversation with our friends so uh with with brett my husband and then some friends and he had said something to me we were explaining this story to our friends and he said, um, yeah, yeah, and I told her that we were having dinner at seven or whatever. My response to that was, yeah, yeah, but to be fair, I wasn't listening to you because I was on social media. And he's like, that's not an excuse. It's, well, it's an excuse, but it's not a good excuse. I wouldn't be shouting that one from the rooftop. And the, the thing is too, when they say that, okay, dinner's at seven, do you find you respond as well? You're like, yep, okay. Oh my but God. you don't take it in. So, and then yeah. later, it's like, you, kn- you knew dinner was seven. I did. <laughs> so so I, I um, this happened only a few weeks ago. There was a group of us having a chat and someone had just said, oh, she just got an email or text. Oh, one of my friend's parents had just passed away. And I had tuned out of the conversation like five minutes before this had happened. And I just went, Yay! <laughs> like the worst response I could have ever come up. I just wasn't. I wasn't listening. You wasn't listening. Yeah, and you wasn't listening. There's <laughs> my English going out the window too. <laughs> oh man. Well, this has been a good eight to ten minutes oh, discussion. I don't think on... your aircon's working either because I, I am dripping. Really do you want to? Do you want to flick the switch to see if it? We can turn this aircon. We're roasting. If it I'm, gets noisy. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry if you hear 
clicking, but it's better than hearing the drip sweating from our <laughs> armpits onto the it's glass table. <laughs> it's uh, been a big morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has been a big morning for you. You've done, uh, what, just over 200 k's on the bike? Yeah, about 220k on the bike and 15k run. Wow. So, yeah. You're a little but bit mental. I'm... No, and I'm feeling good though, like it's 100 times better than pre-Kona. So yeah, whatever right. was going on, the, the blood levels and everything, I think I'm back up to normal and yeah, ready to go. Okay. Well, <laughs> so we discussed this before. We don't talk too much about swim, bike and run in this podcast. However, I do want to touch on the whole, um, like I read your blog after Kona. Um, I know it's it's been a tough few years, um, but you had two surgeries this year I'm not even going to try and say the name of it because I won't get it right. But can you can you give us a very quick, brief rundown for those who didn't read your blog about what happened, the surgeries you had, and I guess where you're at now post-Kona and what's next? That was a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in summary. Yeah. Um, no, so I had um, a kinked um, iliac artery, the common iliac artery, and... So I had to get surgery. So I got in in March to get the surgery. Thought, you know, this is plenty of time. It takes about eight weeks to recover from it. Um, get back up training, racing by June, July. I haven't missed anything. But the surgery didn't work. And I knew straight away it hadn't worked as soon as I hopped back on the bike. But obviously, it's the most painful surgery ever. And I'm like, really? I'm not going through that again. When you say the most painful, do you mean the recovery side of things is... Because I assume yeah. you're not actually awake while they, slicing your open. No, no, no. <laughs> they had to cut right through all my abs. Transverse abs, obliques, um, rectus. So you just... You can't move. Like, you can't... You, you don't know how much you use them to do everything. And you've got to lie like a vegetable on your back yeah, for eight right. weeks. And it's like, I'm a, I'm a stomach sleeper as well. So it sucks. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, so that was in March. It didn't work. So then I had to get it done again. But the surgeon said, you've got to wait six months. And I said, no, that cannot happen because that means the whole year's gone. Yeah. And um, I said, you have to get me in now. And this was uh, late May when I rung him. And I said, I need to get in now. And he's like... We'll do it in five months. And I said, no, now. Oh <laughs> and, uh, it was like, so my whole year is gone for an injury that I realised I had last Kona. Yeah, right. And it's an eight-week recovery. I'm like, I'm not going to lose the whole year. Yeah. So um, I said, we'll do it on the 1st of June, no later. And I got in on the 1st of June. Wow. <laughs> so um, That was in Melbourne, yeah? Yeah, yeah so yeah. back to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, got that done again. But this time he slipped and he nicked the another artery, which started spurting blood. So instead of letting me die, he just had to hold his finger on it for 45 minutes until help arrived. So I lost a lot of blood. 90-minute um, <laughs> operation turned into four and a half hours and shit, shitload of anaesthetic and all that sort of stuff. But um, when I woke up, I, was, I could hear every, I could actually hear the nurses talking about me, and I felt like saying, "I'm awake, guys." But I couldn't open my eyes. I, all I could do was hear. I, I thought I was paralysed. I'm like, I can't even lift a finger. Oh, that's so and then scary. when I could finally talk, I said, something's wrong. Like, this is not normal. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, no, I had it done in March. This is not right. And um, so then they kept, the surgeon kept monitoring my blood. And he gave me four transfusions, two during the operation, two straight after. And, Shit. But they don't really tell you exactly what's going on. And I assumed, okay, he's replaced my blood and I'll be able to 
get back into training and all of that. So a month went by, he gave me the all clear to fly. So I headed to Boulder, thought if I can get to altitude, I can't really do much four weeks post-op, but, you know, get to altitude, start sucking in the thin air and, and then build up. What's it like being at altitude when you're recovering? Is, is that a good thing or...? Well, I just assumed that even if I could just do some walks at altitude and start getting used to the altitude before... Like, if I waited the whole eight weeks and then went over there, by then I want to start swim, bike, run, yeah. but it might be too hard. So I just thought in that four weeks I'll, you know, do some hikes and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, my first run, I, I ran out 20 minutes and I, was, I wanted to do an hour. And um, so this was maybe 10, 11 weeks post-surgery. Um, but and you I, wanted to go for an hour run? Just real slow, but <laughs> but um, but yeah, at 20 minutes, I was like dizzy, a mess. So I, I turned around and I thought, just plod home, don't even look at your watch, go slow. But um, yeah, I got two more minutes and I almost passed out. I had to walk home. It's like, okay, that wasn't very successful. And then I'd go riding and I'd get a couple of hours ride and then I'd sleep all day and I just didn't know what was wrong with me. And it wasn't until I kept getting drug tests, obviously, because my blood was a bit looking weird, like why she got no blood. Yeah. Um, and so from those, we're able to look online and check the hematocrit and hemoglobin levels. Oh, that's right. I remember that in and your blog. And it was, yeah, it was really low. So I was like, well, at least I got a reason because I was, I was going crazy. I was like, I don't want to train. I don't want to be here. Like maybe I'm over the sport. I just didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, I had four drug tests um, since the operation and then another two in Kona. So we were watching it. It was slowly climbing up and stuff. Um, but, yeah, just wasn't able to train, wasn't, just wasn't myself. But so, so, so when you figured that out, what was the steps after that? You had to then rest more or...? Yeah, well... Like, I've had lots of injuries and Jared kind of knows how fast I get back and just the times, everything he was setting was just too quick. I was plodding along at five minutes a K, struggling. And, yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, so we pretty much said, don't look at your watch, don't look at the power. I couldn't hold Ironman wattage for five minutes. Yeah, right. I was like, how am I going to hold it for 180 K? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just did what I could and um, as the time went on, around Chattanooga time, I started to feel a bit better. Um, and then we looked up and it said, up, uh, I think about 16 weeks for you to replace that blood loss. Yeah. So we're like, okay, 16 weeks is going to be right on Kona. <laughs> so yeah, right. Hopefully. But um, yeah, two more drug tests in Kona and it still wasn't up to level. But I need to get another one now because I'm starting to feel good now and energy's a lot better. And Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like obviously everything's now going in the right direction. It just took a little while to get there yeah just i needed time i guess yeah. you know i just if kona was two months later it would have been great yeah but like i find i found uh the three weeks leading into kona i started to feel myself again yeah um but you know by then it's too late <laughs> to really yeah, do anything yeah. what do you do start hammering yourself and wind up tired or yeah yeah so but no i got through and now i got busso at the end of the year so and some reasonably valuable points from Kona or it doesn't or where did yeah, you end up I, th I still get some points from that I still get some points from 10th at Chattanooga yeah um 
But yeah, the main thing was just just to finish. Yeah, um, yeah. Get that monkey just, off your back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the DNF last year, and yeah. So I did three races this year, three world championships, <laughs> but finished the three and <laughs> yeah. All wow. up now. <laughs> so Busso is the next one. You're not racing in Noosa this weekend. I'm doing a team. Ah. Yes. Nice. Team, team Hauschel. Jared's brother's swimming and Jared's running. Ah. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, going nice to It's gonna be different. 40K all out. <laughs> yeah. You won't know yourself either because I think the teams are the last one I know. out there. Like everyone's done and dusted two hours before you guys even start. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, I've done the team, uh, the bike in a team once before and it's hectic. Like yeah. you're just zigzagging everywhere trying to stay upright. So yeah, you know, could be fun. Oh, And awesome. then Jared running in the middle of the day. He can have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's a, a bit of a story. Um, so I guess all the best in Busso. We'll hopefully be publishing this before Busso. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, all the best for Kona in 2018. <laughs> um, okay. So let's let's stop talking about triathlon. No more speak of it. All right. All right. Done. Excellent. Zip. Have you got enough material to keep going for another 40 minutes without talking about triathlon? Has that only been 20 minutes? That has been, yeah, pretty much 20 minutes. I've got to pull a sweat under me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I want to go, go back to growing up. So you, you came from a running background um, and I almost lost the word, steeplechase. Steeplechase? Yeah, yeah, steeplechase. <laughs> um. What, at what point do you go, yep, I really enjoy running and now I'm going to jump over a big <laughs> thing of like a massive, it, like it's hurdles on steroids, basically. Yeah. What, at what point do you go, yeah, I'm not just going to do the running. I'm going to do a bit of jumping in the middle of it. What kid doesn't want to jump over big things? That's a, that is a brilliant answer. <laughs> no, that's how I pretty much got into it. Like I, I started off doing cross country running in primary school when I was 11, 11 and 12 and then... In high school, started doing the track as well. And the boys got to do steeplechase and the girls didn't. So when I was 14, I said to the teacher, I said, can I jump in that race with them? And um, he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. So I jumped in and I beat them all. And um, and so I I said, do you think they'll ever make a steeplechase for the girls? And he's like, well, let's put the case forward now. You just beat all the boys. So the very next year, there was a steeplechase for the girls. And then... In 2001, it was in the Google Games and then the next Olympics, I think it was in. So I did that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you female steeplechasers, you know who to thank. That's a really cool story. Did, at the time, did you realise that you were essentially making a massive difference in women in sport? Um, no, not when you're 14 years old. Yeah. But... Yeah, I just thought that's unfair that the guys get to do it, jump over those big things. And the jo- guys' ones are a lot higher as well. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I was jumping on them, which I did my whole career anyway, but I got a bit faster at jumping on them and jumping off them. <laughs> but, yeah, so when the game in for the girls, they lowered them a bit and shortened the water jump. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good fun. That's so cool. <laughs> I think – so I find it interesting um, – in terms of when, like, when I started Wits Up and everything, 
the reason I started it was because I was told, like, I asked a question about why women went on the front of triathlon magazines. And the response was, well, women don't sell magazines. And I didn't, I didn't come from a, you know, I am woman, hear me raw inequality, you know, it just, it purely came from, a, I don't understand that. Yeah. And that sounds like it's very similar to you. And I, I feel like that's, in anything with with inequality is it stems back to just that very simple question is is that fair like why (laughs) i don't i don't get it and you're yet to give me a good explanation as to why yeah i think the sport is uh, like it's not that it's so masculine and all that now um but i think it's just that the guys can go faster so people want to see fast times yeah and, like, you know, if a girl's doing 8.30 for the Ironman, that's super fast, but the guys are going under 8. So that's, yeah. you know, that's... I think that's why it's still so male-dominated, just that they're faster. Yeah, and and I think, though, society sort of keeps breeding that into... It's the same as, like, when you look at, um, say, the AFL. So it's always been a men's game at the professional level, and then people just assume that women don't hit as hard, don't go as fast, don't do this, don't do that. And it's like, well, hang on a second. Okay, if you went toe-to-toe with a man versus a woman in a you know, hip and shoulder contest, <laughs> the majority of the time maybe the man's going to knock over the woman, you know, just, just say generally speaking. But because that's what we've been used to seeing for so many years, people just assume that that's what people want to see and that's what they think they need to see and it's let's show them something different yeah 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 and that's the thing like the guys they have such higher testosterone more muscle mass less body fat all of this if you took all that into account girls are probably stronger yeah (laughs) you know you put their testosterone down to our level and you strip their um muscle and put a bit more fat on them yeah probably flog them exactly we're stronger (laughs) <laughs> all right some, one day we'll try and test that out toe to toe um okay so back to do you remember the first time you went for a run and it became more than just being fun so more than just running to school or running after the ice mr whippy do you have mr whippy yeah yeah okay yeah, i yeah. don't know if that yeah mr whippy is like an australian wide thing right surely well, we always just call it Mr. Whippy, but even the home ice cream van that used to come around. Yeah, okay. Ring yeah, that yeah. bell, you'd be bolting out there. That's probably yeah. how it all started. I think so. <laughs> ah, running for ice cream. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. Ah. Definitely. Are you an ice cream fan? Um, I'm not, I like it when I'm eating it, but I'm not one to, to go for it. I'm a chocolate person. What Plain about chocolate? Plain chocolate, chocolate mud cake, anything chocolate. Really? But then put ice cream in front of me and I won't say no and I like it while I'm eating it. <laughs> but, but food of choice is chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah, right. Like it'll be, you know, late at night and I'll have to go to the shop to get some chocolate. Really? But I would never think, oh, I've got to go get ice cream. Ah, interesting. If you had the, the best chef on the oh, – no, let's not say – one of the best chefs in Australia who said, do you know what, I'm going to cook you your favourite dessert – or not, I'm going to make you your favourite dessert. What what would it be? You've got this is a once in a lifetime opportunity <laughs> to have the greatest chocolate experience. What would that dish be? I'm going to sound so boring, but just a real rich chocolate mud cake. Really? Yeah. 
It's like I go to these fancy restaurants and all these fancy looking desserts and everything and none of them appeal to me. Yeah, unless right. Unless it's chocolate. Just, just keep it simple. Yeah. Was a chocolate mud cake your wedding cake? Yeah. <laughs> Jared likes um, just sponge cake. So we actually had a double decker one. The big uh, one on the bottom was chocolate mud cake and then a little sponge cake. At the start the marriage off right. <laughs> he, he caved on that pretty early, I bet. <laughs> He, he knew he was dealing with... Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. still got his sponge cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a bit littler. Yeah. <laughs> and then when people came up to take some of the cake... And I gave him the to... sponge cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not enough mud cake to go around. Did you do that thing where you have to save part of your wedding cake and put it in the freezer and then the next year you're supposed to eat it on your anniversary? Have you no, heard of that? I've never heard of that. Oh, I may have just made it up. You but I have. thought... I think it stems back to when they had tears, like a lot of tears, not just chocolate and oh, sponge. Ours wasn't big enough. Yeah, okay. We probably ate it all that day. Yeah, yeah. We had little um, Mel and Jared's on top, though, made out of icing sugar. They sat in the fridge for a couple of years. And did you end up eating them or just throwing them out? Oh, uh, I bit my arm off once, but <laughs> it wasn't very nice. It was just plain icing sugar. <laughs> yeah, right. Just plain icing sugar. Yeah, that's yeah. intense. No, they were just for looks. I think icing sugar can ruin... A cake. Like yeah. that, the wedding, the traditional wedding cake with that That's the thing with top. the chocolate mud cake too. You don't want icing sugar on top. You want like that real thick chocolate ganache with real chocolate in it. Yeah, right. Yeah. We've said chocolate a lot chocolate. in the last three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Brett came home the other night and bought me Ferrero Rochers. They're oh, like the greatest they are the best. They're pretty good. Yeah. What's your favourite chocolate then? Other than mud cake, from a packet or in a... Um, you know what I mean? I'd probably just say plain, plain dark chocolate. Dark chocolate? Yeah. Boring. Oh, the darker the better. You know, in really? Switzerland, I got this 99% dark chocolate. Now, that's going a little bit over the top because it's so bitter that you yeah. can only have like a tiny little bit. But now around 90% dark chocolate. Real, so dark yeah. chocolate. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh. I eat dark chocolate because it stops me eating too much. Well, that's what how I got onto it because with the milk chocolate, I was eating the whole block, you know, 250 yeah. gram block when yeah. they used to be 250. They're now 200. <laughs> <laughs> you are a chocolate connoisseur. But yeah, I was eating too much. So I'm like, oh, I'll start getting onto dark chocolate. And then, yeah. you know, I'd only eat a row, but now that's up the bit. I'm yeah, right. It, but. Um, we went on a tangent about ice cream. Back to running. <laughs> 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 what... Uh, do you remember that distinct time when running went from just being fun and being free and la 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 <laughs> to focus? Um, probably when I was pretty young, but when I was 11, I just did the state cross country at school and I won that and they're like, oh, you know, you get to go on and to your regionals and state and stuff like that. Um, still it wasn't, you know, I was just going along doing it. But then I heard about um, this little training squad with this coach and it was just like 100 metres from where my house is. And I went out there and there was all these kids my age and everything all running around and that's when I just fell in love with them. Like, this is so awesome. And I was so shy, so I think that was kind of my getaway and I was pretty good at it right from the start, so it was good. But um, I rocked up in... I don't know how to explain it, but they were boots, like... Gum boots, <laughs> definitely gum boots. Not quite gum boots, but <laughs> like kind of dressy boots. They were my school shoes, like school oh, okay. boots. Yeah, 
been... Like the Clark Rubbers or whatever they're called. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Cause that's, yeah. all, that's all I knew and I rocked up in them and I did the whole session and, you know, it was probably six to eight K of running in total. Um, like stop, start stuff. Yeah. But, um, and then after the, the coach is said to my mom, like, you might want to get us some running shoes. <laughs> like, What's wrong with my boots? <laughs> I like my boots. These <laughs> boots were made for walking and running. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. So that's grade five or six? Grade six, six, yeah. Okay. Um, were you at a school that went to grade six and then grade seven was high no, school? No, no, seven was still primary school. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is different in It's Tassie. all changed now, hasn't it? Well, I think so. And then I grew up in Tassie, so that was a different ball game altogether. Yeah. Yeah. We were homeschooled because we, no, we didn't. We were There no schools there. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and a kangaroo was our teacher and we were constantly searching for Tasmanian tigers. That's what we did at recess. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, puppy, puppy. Um, so grade five, six, uh, you're at school. So obviously PE was a big part of your life. Oh, maybe not, obviously. <laughs> well, in primary school, um, I only went to a small school in Coolangatta in Queensland. Um, and the girls had netball and the guys had soccer. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to play netball. I want to play soccer. So yeah. I tried to play soccer with the guys, but I wasn't allowed to do that. So I didn't actually play sport. So, But the teachers let me run around. <laughs> run. So I'm just doing laps of the school and everything while all the girls are playing netball. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> But yeah, and then when I got to high school, um, I did PE the first couple of years because you have to. Yeah. But then I didn't after that because it was sports like softball, swimming, <laughs> should have done PE. <laughs> but yeah, sports that I didn't want to do. Um, so yeah, I didn't do PE. Yeah, right. I love that. I can just imagine you cutting laps <laughs> while there's like five different games going on and you're still running around when the When I was oval. in grade seven, I was 12, because um, that year I won nationals for the cross country, but I did really well at regional and state and my teacher, he knew I was going to go all right. So he let me get out of class sometimes and cut yes. laps. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like running past my school like mates that are sitting in class writing doing maths and everything and i'm doing laps <laughs> please tell me you waved to them as you went past the window that would have been hilarious i would have hated you if i was that kid stuck inside well i don't know if they would have though they thought i was being punished i'm, oh, I'm out oh, there actually, ru- running yeah. for half an hour <laughs> actually yeah most of them would be like oh no give me arithmetic any day so okay so school you you said that you were pretty shy uh when you were younger i, I would hazard a guess that you're still a reasonably shy person is that yes kind of I, well I remember when I first met you like I I found that you were quite a shy person or I shouldn't say maybe reserved is probably a better way to explain it yeah yeah I guess I'm not totally out there <laughs> I guess just anyone compared to me is quite shy and reserved yeah um but speaking of like when we did me and I'm going to go on another tangent. I actually can't remember the first time we we'll met. Probably get back to chocolate, but that's okay. Oh yeah, that that'll come around again. Actually, definitely will because it's part <laughs> of the story. But a few years ago in Kona, do you remember we were out in the Queen K and you came on the Whitsup ride? And I kept on saying to people, "Don't let Mel on the front on the, on the crew. <laughs> <laughs> She'll drive it too hard." But we went all the way to the end of the Queen K, um, and then one of my friends came off her bike. And everyone went back, but you stayed with me and her and then she got picked up 
but then it was just you and I left to ride the entire length of the Queen K together and I'd hit a massive wall. <laughs> well, that's what I knew a car was coming back for her and I was like, what's going to happen with Steph? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I knew the girls weren't riding too quick up there and I thought, I'll be able to tow you back up. Yeah, yeah. which I t- absolutely appreciated <laughs> that you were there, but I was str- – thank God you were there. I wouldn't have been able to get home. I don't know – I mean, I don't think I was very fit, but – I think I'd burnt all my matches because when you're in a group and you're, I guess, the leader, I'm going you're backwards going back and, and forwards. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd done <laughs> like a fartlek session the entire Queen I think we K. ended up catching them though, didn't we? With the help of Glenn coming back with the car and then we were motor pacing. Oh, but then you weren't right. sitting close enough to the car. No, I know. That's true. Yeah. So then I rolled around to the front right next to him and just held onto his hand and he just... That was awesome. Not, we not dodgy it. at all. Oh my God. It was a lot of fun. But I remember getting back to the cafe and was like, just give me all the drinks and all the food. So I had like Coke and kombucha and iced chocolate. Just and mix them all in. Yeah. It's just like, I don't care. Whatever's going to make me feel better. Um, but yeah, so my point in telling that story is I wanted to tell everyone because I thought that was that was so nice of you to recognise that that could potentially happen to me and that I'd be <laughs> stuck out there by myself. And you're like, no, that's not cool. So you looked after me. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. And we've been friends ever since. Now, Just back do to it chocolate. Again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, and there was another time here in Noosa... Oh, and I gave you all my salty caramel gels. (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, so in Melbourne, you go for a ride along Beach Road and there's, like, shops and service stations and I never really take any food with me because halfway through our, like, 100K ride, we stop at the servo and that's when I'll get a Mars bar or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're doing a 60K ride here. It'll be fine. I don't need gels and stuff. We're only going out for a couple of hours or whatever. And then... I remember you were going, you were gunning down this hill and I was going, I'm going to try and catch her, <laughs> which was stupid. But I thought we've only got like 10 Ks left of the ride so I can burn all my matches. It doesn't matter. And then we get back into town and everyone's like, yep, yeah, we're going to do an extra Another 30 K. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and then we went up some hill and I was straight out the back. And then you've sort of come back and you're like, here you go. <laughs> Put this in your mouth and keep up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you for that. So I'm sure there'll be another time. I always carry some emergencies just in case anyone bonks. Yeah. See, you're a good pal to ride with. I appreciate it. Now, back to chocolate. No, no, back to, <laughs> back to school. Okay, so we you weren't massive in PE because it was soccer and netball. What kind of student were you? Um, I... I was above average. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> asking for specific grades. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, did you, in, did you enjoy maths, English, science, the arts? Yeah, I, I didn't really like school. I, yeah, not at all? No. No? No. And I, from 11 years old, my parents said, what do you want to do like, yeah. when you grow up? I want to be an athlete. I'm going to go to the Olympics. And really? I don't know every kid says that, but like I was just like, yep, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I didn't really care about school and I like I didn't wag school or anything. Like I got decent grades, um, but I didn't intend to go to uni. I didn't intend to do anything. I was just like, I'm going to be an athlete. <laughs> yeah, right. So what? Um, how did you get along with the teachers and stuff then? Were you just good because you were just, you know, you were ticking boxes, you were getting stuff done? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was always quiet, shy, so, you know, <laughs> you 
you get along with the teachers and you know I was getting like A's and B's um yeah. the only thing I was getting C's for is, is public speaking so, <laughs> <laughs> like I've never liked that <laughs> something I should have done in school public speaking and I should have done PE for the swimming oh that's funny how much better athlete would I be <laughs> but no I just wanted to run <laughs> that's so funny what is your favorite place to I know we were not spent, meant to be speaking about triathlon too much but where's your favorite place to run oh I, I told you I was going to do the hard hitting questions yeah um I love trails yeah um so like there's some really good trails here in Noosa yeah, I love Mount Cuthar in Brisbane. It's really hilly trails, but yeah. that's that's still one of my favourite. But Boulder's awesome. Um, St. Moritz was really good for running, but it's just so cold. So yeah, I right. wouldn't do that again as a triathlete. Yeah. Um, You're not a massive fan of the cold? Definitely not. No, <laughs> no. I shut down in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to pick your races well. Uh, I think you can acclimatise. Yeah. Uh, I think if I did a cold race, like I wouldn't miss a championship race because it's in a cold place. I'd just go there earlier and acclimatise. Yeah. But I did um, the ITU Long Distance World Champs in 2013 was in France. And uh, they it was yeah. in summer, but something happened to summer. It ran yep. away. And just... it was freezing. And the swim luckily was cancelled. Like. <laughs> but I swam in there the day before and Jared's like, you don't have to do this. Just just wait for race day and everything. I was like, no, I have to get used to it. And I had, um, I think I had a speed suit on, then a wetsuit over top, neoprene cap, booties. And I got like 50 metres out and I thought I'd swum, you know, 2K. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that'll do. And I turned around and I was just shivering like crazy. And he put me in the car, all the heaters on, kept the wetsuit on in the car with heaters oh, for wow. two hours. And For just, two hours? Yeah. Jesus. It's just like everything just shut down. And and then during the race, we um, so we had to run first, ride, and then run again. We had to ride up this, um, up to where it was snowing. Yeah. And I was fine, like all, like running. I got warmed up. I ran in so many clothes. I spent eight minutes in transition. <laughs> so paid out for it, putting on booties <laughs> and layers. Got to the top. I'm like, this isn't too bad. But then we had to descend for... I know, yeah. 10, 15 K. And after that, everything just shut down. And um, I remember Camilla Peterson came past me and everything and there was nothing I could do. I'm like, my legs are not working. And I only just won that race, like started warming up like in the last couple of K of the run. Yeah, and right. And I was just like, okay, I really need to practice the cold. <laughs> Far <laughs> out, that's yeah. intense. Yeah, no. the cold can be nasty. That's love growing up here where it's hot and humid and... Yeah. Yeah, but I think you can get used to it. Like in St. Moritz, I got to the point where if it was five degrees outside, I'm like, okay, I'm all right as long as I layer up. Yeah, like yeah. Like if it was five degrees here, I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but, we were having this discussion the other day about, <clears throat> excuse me, about Kona. And we were trying to figure out whether um, there's just some people who will never perform well in Kona um, because of the conditions. Do you and that's um, and that's a good reason to move the world championships. I'm not saying what we should do, what they should do, or what they shouldn't do. It was just a general discussion. Do you think that people can always acclimatize? It may just maybe take people longer to figure out the the equation, maybe. 
Yeah, I, I guess there's always going to be people that are better in cold, better in heat. But I think you can because before Kona this year, I was in Boulder and the last week the weather just changed and it was freezing. Yeah. And when I got to Kona, the first three days, I was so dizzy. I was sweating like crazy. I was like, maybe I'm not good in heat and humidity. Yeah, right. And like, I started thinking, how have I done this in the past and everything? I'm like, this is nothing compared to our summers here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just those first three days, I was just dizzy. I was, yeah, almost passing out. But then after that, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. And I think that's because I'm used to it. It only took me three days to acclimatise. Yeah, okay. Whereas I guess if you live in the snow most of the year, it might take you three weeks. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think you can. But I, I agree with you. I think the world chance should be moved. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, right. I, it's it's not fair. It's like some people are better in heat and humidity. Some people are better in cold. I hate the cold. Yeah. But I'd still love to race in the cold and see if I can win there as well. Challenge and, yourself, yeah. You know, and have hilly courses, flat courses, everything. Like, yeah, right. I mean, that's yeah. the good thing about 70.3 worlds is that it's moving around. Yeah, that's it's, only fair, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I know, I mean, and there's the whole thing that it's Kona and all that kind of stuff and, yeah, I don't know what the it answer can is. It still be, still have a Kona Ironman or Hawaii Ironman every year or something. Yeah. the world champs, it should move. Yeah. All right. Like know. the World Series in baseball, which is just in North America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't there so many sports? Isn't basketball just America? And it's all yeah. called the World Champs or World Series. Oh, man. So, actually, the World Series... Um, <laughs> got tied up today it was anyway i love baseball so and it was so it's the best of seven and they went to the seventh game and the houston astros won which is great for houston i have no idea what you what i just said yeah cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I was well i grew up playing softball and everything so i'm a mad baseball fan and i was on the shuttle bus on the way into town and I'm watching it on my phone and chewing up all my data, but it's, it's worth it. I thought you were saying you were chewing your tobacco. Isn't oh. that what they do? <laughs> I have tried chewing tobacco and it is revolting. Oh, it would be horrible. Yeah. Can you imagine smoking it, let alone chewing it? Yeah, true. Oh. Although I reckon, I was just about to say, I reckon smoking it would be better than chewing it, but I don't actually know. Because, yeah. I mean, I haven't smoked and... I just have very, very bad memories of the chewing tobacco. Yes. I just wanted to try it. And it looks oh, it looks gross. I, st- I don't <laughs> fully understand the concept behind it. Were you spitting it out? Maybe you were swallowing it. You, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was swallowing it and I was uh, rubbing it in my eyeballs. I don't, I don't really you understand. Do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So if, if your parents were going to describe yourself as a kid, what do you, how do you reckon they would describe you? Aggressive. <laughs> my really? Pe- my mum always tells me this story. She's like, as soon as she, um, I was born and, you know, I'm in the back car seat or something, she's taking me home. She turned around to look at me and she said I gave her a death stare. And like as if you're in trouble. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah, she said I've always been difficult, the difficult one. Really? But, yeah. The difficult difficult how i need um, more of an explanation i i just think oh what's the word i just throw tantrums <laughs> a bit and no. <laughs> yeah i'm trying to try describe myself a bit nicer than my mum does <laughs> 
<laughs> no, she just always thought I was, yeah, aggressive and just... And I guess that's why I became an athlete, like yeah, just right. that. Driven. Driven, yes. That's you knew what you want. Nice word. You knew what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. So Don't get in my way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. Um, so you said that you were the aggressive one. So you have siblings? Yep. How does that – how many siblings do you have? I've got an older brother and an older sister. And are you close with them? Do you spend much time with them? I was close with my brother when we were growing up. Um, my sister, I thought she was from another planet. Like, she she's the complete opposite of me. Not not into sport, reads <laughs> books for fun. And I'd, I'd never read a book until I had to for school. And even yeah. then, this is a whole different story. But I read the back of the book and wrote the review off that. I didn't actually Brilliant. read the book. Brilliant. But, Busted. But yeah, no, I, I used to always say to my mum, like, my sister's name's Beck, and I was like, well, "Why is Beck reading books and doing homework? It's the holidays." Uh, and Mum's like, "Oh, she enjoys doing that." I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> I'm like, "Me and my brother are out digging holes and playing in the mud." Yeah, right. She's reading books, so I, I never understood her. But um, yeah, now that we've grown up, we've got a bit closer and stuff. Yeah. So you're the baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so your brother obviously had a bit of an influence on your life you would say, when you were growing up? Yeah, we were really close when we were young. We actually, when we were really young, we shared a room. My sister had her own room. No way. Um, I didn't want to share with her. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. But, um, but yeah, and then when we got a little bit older, like, you know, still in primary school, he didn't want to be seen with me because he was getting paid out by his friends. So yeah, that was a bit unfair. So yeah, then I tried sucks. to get my sister to play and I'd throw the ball at her head and while she's reading a book. Like, can oh. we play now? And then she'd, she'd give you in every now and then. She's like, we'll play for 10 minutes and then I get to read my book. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're like the puppy dog, like, yes, yes. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Sounds like my dog Henry. <laughs> bow, yes. 10 minutes, go. <laughs> Best day ever. Um, so what do they do with themselves now? Um, my sister's a massage therapist um, oh, okay. and studying nutrition. Okay. Um, and my brother's a builder. Yeah, right. Yeah. So your sister's actually kind of a little bit in the, well, health and wellness industry. Yeah. Similar she, to you, sort of. That's a, when she got a bit older, um, she started playing, like this is totally after school and everything. She started playing a bit of soccer and then, yeah, yeah. got into massage and, and health stuff. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Does she massage you? She used to when I lived in Brisbane. Ah, yeah. free massages. No. Hmm, discount. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Get discounted massages, discounted um, houses built for you. It's brilliant. Yeah. I keep trying to get my brother to come up here and do some work for us, but he's flat out. Do you buy, do, if, do you own the house up here or are you renting yeah. up here? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, we own. Yeah, yeah right. The Australian dream. <laughs> I'd love to own a house, but it's just... Yeah, I've said this before, but apparently there's not that much money in women in triathlon. So <laughs> kind of hard to save up for a house one day, maybe. One day. One day. Um, and your parents, are you still close to them at the moment? Yeah, um, they live out on an island off of Brisbane. Well, oh, um, what island? Russell Island. It's just a little, little island. Okay. It's not like <laughs> so, a, a resort like Hamilton no, Island or something. No. Yeah, right. Definitely they're not, not. They're not yachting on a Sunday. Okay. No. We, I grew up on the Gold Coast um, and then when we all moved out, we had a really big house down there and eventually they sold that and they moved out to the island. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't see them too much 
just because of all the training mainly and then yeah. I got to drive to Brisbane then get on a ferry there's no road out to their <laughs> island so yeah it's a, it's a bit of a mission <laughs> do, do they think that you're a little bit crazy with the um job that you've chosen or my whole family of... thinks I'm a bit crazy yeah yeah right I am yeah quite a bit different to them yeah yeah that's all right it's nothing wrong being it's, back, it's like my sheep. sister you, you know she's planning christmas and everything and um she's, she's like you can have a day off on christmas day i'm like no like what day's christmas fall on like you know i might have a long run or i'm like i can't just take a day off yeah <laughs> I'm like you go tell your boss that you're just gonna take a day off <laughs> well on so, christmas hopefully she on, does get that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah she just she doesn't understand that you can't just have a week off or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it is it's a it's a unique uh job profession that's well, for sure. like, I used to say to her, I've got to train and stuff, but now I say I've got to get to work because uh, re- she relates a bit better. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. I've got eight hours work in the morning and I've got a couple of hours free, but then I've got to go back to work for a couple of hours in the afternoon. That's, <laughs> that's clever. I like that. So I get frustrated when I'm like, I've got to go spend four weeks in Hawaii. I know, poor me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but when then people say, you oh, enjoy your holiday. Go work. And you're like, yeah. for Say it's not a holiday. Yeah, I'm actually there was one or three days in a row in Kona. I didn't leave the condo. I was just video editing and photos and writing and blah 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 blah. And I was just like, I cannot believe I'm on an island in the middle of the ocean and I'm and you're stuck indoors. Yeah, yeah. Now a lot of people ask me, um, you know, when I say I go overseas and stuff, and they think you're going on a holiday. I'm like, no, I'm going for work. Yeah. But then they ask you, what's your job? I'm an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> oh, enjoy your work. work. I, we, we were just yeah. putting quotation marks up. People won't see us doing that because this is just audio. You're, um, you're allowed to love your job though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I actually did forget the question I was going to ask and where we were. Um, this is, do you want to ask me a question? You're allowed to. You can do whatever you want. Um. It's putting me on the spot again. Yeah. <laughs> See, my job's hard, isn't it? It is. We did discuss this earlier I, yes, as well. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> and like I said, it's just because I like talking. <laughs> uh, and I think I've even said this story on a podcast before, but whatever. Um, part of my um, dad's wedding speech, our wedding speech, was, um, you know, I'm very, I'm very proud of you and what you do. He's like, it's very interesting, though, that people pay you to talk because I've been trying to shut you up for 30 years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, thanks, Dad. But it's true. I do love a chat. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Yeah, I enjoy it. This is one of my favourite parts of this job is uh, t- talking to you athletes. Get to talk. Well, yeah. But talking to athletes away from the racetrack and just getting to know people and just a lot more relaxed environment. It's hard when you're actually at races all the time because people are so focused yeah. and there's a real distinct difference when people are racing and when they're not so yeah yeah you're pretty chill at the moment a lot more chilled out and yeah know. usually you're a nightmare yeah you're actually not well that's we ha- one thing when um going back to the operation for a little bit when when i could hear but i couldn't see and i couldn't <gasps> move yeah two of the male nurses were talking about me and <gasps> i couldn't even open my eyes to look at them and just go bastard <laughs> but um they were being they dickheads were, well i i think one of them was just trying to prove to the other one that he, he knew me like kind of personally 
Um, so one was like, what's she like? And he's pretty much said like, she's very driven and don't get in her way. And she, but pretty much was saying I was quite nasty. And I was like, I'm not, and I can hear you. And as soon as I can open my eyes, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. Yeah, That's, um, that whole thing's quite interesting. How much you're, I mean, obviously you were awake, so you were conscious, but you just, weren't fully conscious but how much your subconscious takes in in those situations yeah well that's the thing straight after it as soon as um i could open my eyes and then jared had come back and stuff first thing i said to him these nurses were talking about me and i just remembered exactly what they said like i can't remember now it's kind of like a dream like straight away i could relay exactly what they said yeah right yeah do you ever have those dreams where it's feels it's so real like I have it maybe because I listen to these murder podcasts (laughs) I go to sleep but like I dream that someone's coming to the house and I'm trying to scream but nothing comes out I had that just last night really oh it's horrible I know and I was yelling out help but I'm like help help (gasps) like you probably can't even hear this because it was it was so quiet I was like what if that really happened? Is yeah. that going to happen? Am I not going to scream? <laughs> it's oh, it's such a horrible, horrible and, feeling. And you can't run, so you start yeah. like kind of flying, swimming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't had that one, but sure. Oh, I can't run. Like you're stuck in mud, but you got to kind of swim. Oh yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. Like grabbing the ground and trying to get. Yeah. It's horrible. And then you're kind of in that that dream state, but you know you're in the dream, but and you're like, I know I can run. And I know I'm in a dream. Just run. Yeah. <laughs> it's can't. so – and it's that that loss of control, which would <laughs> – I know it would freak me out because I'm a control freak and I imagine it probably freaks you out because you are so driven <laughs> <laughs> and aggressive. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's hor- I've often – eventually the yell in my sleep, which is silent – actually becomes wakes real <laughs> and wakes me up and I end up yelling. Brett says to me all the time, like, I laugh a lot in my sleep, which I think that's kind of cool. It means I'm a happy person, yeah. I reckon. Um, and I wake myself up yelling. And then the other thing is I sit up, bolt like bolt right in bed, and then I throw myself back down into the sleeping position. I've done that before. Really? <laughs> it's so weird. I did that with a friend. I sat Straight up, right, like, you know, like the zombies do in the yeah. movie. And um, I opened my eyes, apparently, and just stared <gasps> and then went back to sleep. <laughs> so weird. I wonder what triggers that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Need to start making notes to see if there's anything, like, that you've yeah. eaten during the day yeah. or, you know, you've done a particular hard training day or whatever and haven't refueled or drank enough or it's very interesting my sister used to come in during the night because i'd always talk in my sleep she'd come and have conversations with me really and apparently you just say you answer the questions you say everything wow she'd tell me it all in the morning and i was like i'm like mom she's not allowed in my room at night (laughs) (laughs) mom's like just don't answer the questions like i can't control it (laughs) As soon as she needs to come in with a microphone, <laughs> record yeah, it. record it. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. I also um, – my mum used to tell me that I can never just do – oh, just like banging the table. I can never do anything gently. I'm not a gentle person. And I remember she'd always say to me, you always slam cupboards. And it's not because I'm angry. It's just because I just – I don't know. I've got shit to do. So I'm like, shut the door. Go and do this. Rah, rah, rah. 
if I sit down on the couch, I throw myself down. <laughs> and she always used to say it to me and I was like, I don't, I don't see it. And it wasn't until, this is so weird, but you like dogs, yeah? Yeah. Yep. So you're, you're a dog person. <laughs> I didn't really cotton on to it until I noticed that Henry, he doesn't shut cupboards and stuff. He's not that smart. <laughs> but when he sits down, he doesn't just sort of like make himself comfortable and then curl up. He does all this stuff and then just throws himself on the ground. And he does it He's on copying the you. Cat. I think he is. I think we're exactly the same. It's so weird. I had a, a housemate once and um, he didn't tell me for like six months later, but I'd get up really early in the morning to go for my ride and stuff. And I'd be super quiet because he's in the room next door. <laughs> I think I'm tiptoeing. And I'd tiptoe out, wheel my bike out, think I'm being super quiet. Six months later, he's like, you stamp your feet so loud and you throw everything around. I was like, I was actually trying yeah. to walk really quietly. <laughs> so then when I met Jared, I was like, do I stamp? He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know how it doesn't hurt your heels. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah. He's wow. like, tiles, wood, everything. You like slam your foot into the ground. I'm not meaning to. That's so... <laughs> but yet, when you run, you float like a butterfly. Yeah, well, I run on my toes, but apparently I slam my heels into the ground when I walk. Well, there you go. You just need to run everywhere. When you're leaving yeah, in the morning, just Yeah, probably be quieter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. On that note, we've hit about our one-hour mark, so it is time to wrap it up, and I'm sure you need to go and eat again after your mammoth day of training. Eat and a little swim if you want to join me. Fuck no. <laughs> oh, are you allowed us to do that? Yeah, I can, like, it's my podcast. I can swear. You can so, swear if you so want. So that's the rules? No. Yeah, sorry. I should have told you earlier. Although I've sworn quite a few times throughout the podcast, so I f- figured you'd pick up on it if you wanted to. Oh. Some people, some people don't like swearing. I love swearing. It just, I think it adds character, especially when people can't see see our hands yeah because you're I, making faces at me yeah, yeah. <laughs> she stuck a finger up at me <laughs> i so didn't but on that note me and pete were riding and these guys are holding a gopro yeah out like in front of them and we thought they were sticking their finger up <laughs> we were just about to stick our finger back up then we realized they were holding a gopro okay <laughs> chase them down um mel how short good work yeah i've I think I nailed that very early on because so many people got it wrong. I needed to get it right. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Because still people... I think so. <laughs> You're like, it's not mine. We, just... we ask Germans sometimes and they say something different. Uh, I'm just going to go with Hauschild. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I've heard like house child. No, house child it. Got to add the T. And I I love watching people go to say it and then halfway through it, they're like, oh shit, I don't know how to say this. (laughs) Mel, how'd you you go? (laughs) Do you you find that you have to correct people or you don't really care? Um, Yeah, I kind of just let it go most of the time. Yeah. I tell people, you know, if it's too hard, just say house. (laughs) Yeah, right. That'll do. <laughs> Mel House in the house. I think I've actually used that as a heading as in a race house. that you won. Mel Hauschultz back in the house. I don't know. I was trying <laughs> to be funny. I love a pun and I'm failing miserably at it. Um, Mel Hauschultz, knee Rollinson. 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 I actually like Hauschultz better because everybody always said Rollinson and there's no N in there. It's just Rollinson. What did I say? You said Rollinson. Oh, did I? It's Rollison. Rollison. But then I also 
because I don't know if I do I mumble. I don't know. But everyone always thought I was saying Wallison. <laughs> and and when I was the first time over in Boulder, I was saying Melissa Rollison, and I, they just couldn't get it. And I said, Jared, can you say my name? Like they can't understand me. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't know if I mumble or, or what, so how should it's better? I'm like, okay, well, we'll put it to the fans. <laughs> Can you let us all know how this podcast went? And if Mel has... Um, mumbled her way through <laughs> this podcast. Can you let us know? And we'll work on some vocabulary, vocabulary. lessons. Vocabulary. Or it's not vocab. It, no, pronunciation. <laughs> pronunciation, not vocab. Vocab means the amount of words that you know, right? It's a, Maybe anyway. I should have done better in school. Yeah. Let's I always back. put it down to I was born in Adelaide, so it's a bit English down there. So I got a bit of an English oh. twang. And then I, I was... Grew up on a farm for the first five years of my life. So I was a bit bogan, maybe. <laughs> you said it. No one else. You're allowed to say it about yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, right. Bit of an ochre English Aussie accent. Yeah, right. I still throw in bottle every now and then. Bottle? Bottle. And Jared always picks me up on it. Oh, you went full English. <laughs> bottle and picks me up. All right, I'm going to listen now. I'm going to call you out on it every time. Um, okay, that was about the fifth time I've tried to wrap this up and you haven't stopped talking. <laughs> um, it's rubbing off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, it's fun to talk. Um, thank you very much for joining me at last minute. Um, I mean, I gave you a couple of days notice, but still, Yesterday. you're a busy woman. Huh? Yesterday. Was it really? I'm so tired. Like at 9pm or something. That's all right. <laughs> you should have been in bed not checking your phone at 9pm. No, if I text you at 9pm, that was 10pm my time, which is really bad. Anyway, they're a bit behind up here in Queensland. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, really happy to hear that things are heading in the right direction, which means we're super excited to see you smash it out at Busso. Reclaim the title. Looking yeah. forward to racing. All right. Just wasn't quite ready at Kona. Yeah. Now I am. Game on. Game on. So aggressive. <laughs> <laughs>